Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Apples. I've been talking about Leon Tailoring for nearly 20 years now. That's right, 20 years I've been talking about the good folks at Leon Tailoring. Whether it's Larry, Norm, Kim, Judy, whether it's their ready-made items, whether it's their custom-made items, or whether it's their tailor-made items, you can trust Leon Tailoring. Leon Tailoring, they've been great folks. They've been around for more than 100 years and some change. I've only been talking about them for 20, but trust me, head over to Leon Tailoring and they'll take care of you, just like they've taken care of me for the past two decades. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown town indianapolis well while the state of indiana has built one of the most competitive business climates in the country in the last few decades uh the state still must be courageous to identify a short company shortcomings and bold up to tackle them that is the mindset behind the indiana chamber's uh latest report uh on economic development uh here in the state of indiana indiana prosperity 2035 a vision for economic acceleration and join us on the newsline to talk about that report as well as some other things going on in indiana business these days is our good friend kevin branniger from the state chamber of commerce uh outgoing president as he gets ready to sort of wind down his tenure at the state chamber so kevin my friend uh sir thank you very much for being with us how's everything going uh, well, just fine, although you could have gone all day without saying outgoing. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still in the saddle and riding for another another four months. Um, things are going well. You know, we came off a really important and really successful session for the business community, and, and we believe there's um, strategic investments that have been made um, that will serve Indiana very well into the future. And uh, we've been working for about 18 months on a new visioning plan. This is our third uh, long-term economic visioning plan. The first two have served Indiana very well. Um, the one we're operating on currently is uh, had a scheduled end date of 2025, but with the tremendous upheaval and the rapid expansion of change and the impact of uh, the pandemic, um, our uh, foundation board and staff felt that back in uh, fall of 2020 that now was the time to begin to work on uh, the next future visioning plan. And last week we released uh, Indiana Prosperity 2025, and uh, we're happy to, to talk about that. Uh, so, what are some of the, the highlights of the 2020 of the 2035 proposal? Um, well, there are six pillars. Uh, that and then there are goals within those pillars. There's 31 goals overall. I might just highlight a few. The two cornerstone pillars of this plan, not surprisingly, are uh, workforce, and we say building a talent pipeline that will meet the employer workforce needs, and K-12 education, which is uh, continuing to improve and build a system that prepares all children uh, for economic success. Uh, and that's rooted in the fact that um, our percentage of our adult workforce that has um, some degree, college degree, associate's degree, industry-recognized credential, some, some training certificate, um, uh, ranks in the bottom third of the states. And we've made improvements over the last 10 years. Um, but we still have ways to go. And, and you talked in the out, uh, outset here about our great business climate, and we want to uh, maintain and enhance that. But uh, we're a lap or two behind when it comes to um, the education and the quality of our workforce. And we don't want that to ever be an inhibiting factor to economic growth, to recruiting and retaining businesses in Indiana. So that's going to be a key focus of ours. And just a couple of the goals I'll highlight are 
uh, under workforce increased to 70% the proportion of Hoosiers that have earned a high-quality career degree or credential, excuse me. Um, we've moved up to 54% in the latest ranking. The, the goal in our 2025 plan was to be at 60% by 2025. We're within striking distance of that, but we think we need to set our sights even higher. And the reason is because over 95% of the newly created jobs, not jobs who were just um, that are already there, that somebody retires and somebody else fills, but the newly created jobs require more than a high school diploma. So we've got to match up the uh, the skills and the education and training attainment of our workforce to uh, the job needs and skills of today and tomorrow. And part of that's going to be uh, enhancing um, the skills of those that have dropped out of high school or uh, just have a high school diploma, because those are the folks that are uh, have lower participation rates in the workforce. Barely 50% of our high school graduates are in the workforce, uh, and barely, not even 60%, or excuse me, not even 40% of our high school dropouts are in the workforce. And part of that is child care. Part of it is they, they can't command a wage with a high school, without a high school diploma even, um, you know, to make a living wage. And so they, they rely on government. Um, we also, in the K-12 area, we have got to improve iLearn scores for our third through eighth graders. 31% um, is abysmal, quite frankly, and um, uh, there should be a hue and cry. So we want to do that. And then we want, with regard to iRead, um, we want to exceed 90% of our students being proficient. That's a That would be cutting the failure rate by half. And uh, because, as you know, many, many teachers and educators will tell you, from kindergarten to third grade, you learn to read, and from fourth grade on, you read to learn. And uh, not reading at grade level by the end of the third grade is a high predictor for uh, dropping out and for uh, less economic success. Our guest on the program today is Kevin Brandick of the State Chamber of Commerce. So to talk about Indiana's business climate and the Chamber's latest report uh, on Indiana and what Indiana can do to improve its sort of business climate. Uh, Kevin, it's interesting because when we talk about uh, workforce development and education, I've been in Indiana almost 20 years now, and that just seems to be sort of a recurring theme uh, yeah. uh, on education. Uh, the fact that the, 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 that a significant number of Hoosiers only have a, a high school uh, diploma because you would, you would think that it, as as time has gone by in the 21st century that that you need you need more than a high school diploma to, to be successful and this is, doesn't mean you can't but but your chances improve you know with with the, with at least some type of post secondary education what what is it about that message just people just don't seem to be seem to be getting through well we are making improvements um, Abdul um, in 2012 when we started uh, the current visioning uh, program and, and the Commission for Education set the, the uh, 60% goal. Indiana was only at 33% of our uh, adult population that had a degree or a credential. We've bumped that up. Now the latest numbers are to 54%. So that's a 20% um, increase in 10 years, and, and that's very, very significant. The challenge is that other states 
are um, enhancing the skills of their adult workforce as fast or faster. And so consequently, you know, we still um, rank in, in the bottom third. And so it's an ongoing thing. And, and I think it's rooted in our history. You know, we are the most manufacturing intensive state in the country. We're a big agriculture state. And, um, you know, 30, 40 years ago, you didn't, um, th- th- those types of jobs didn't require uh, post-secondary education like they do today. But, you know, you go into a factory today and you're seeing robots and computers and statistical uh, analysis and, and processes and, you know, tight tolerances. And agriculture has become incredibly uh, technology oriented and with automation and, and even uh, artificial intelligence. And so it's much, much more demanding. And uh, that's the way. But I think we we weren't as far along because of the nature of the history of our state's economy. And so it's just a, a continuing effort uh, to catch up and to, to transition in that direction. And like, as I said earlier, you know, increasingly, uh, almost every newly created job uh, requires some skills and training and credentialing beyond high school. And, and we've just got to keep pounding that message um, so that we make really a cultural change uh, across our state. Uh, if we want the citizens and the businesses of Indiana uh, to achieve their economic potential. Kevin Brandiger, the State Chamber of Commerce, with us on the program today, talking about uh, the Chamber's uh, Indiana Prosperity 2035 plan, uh, which sort of makes suggestions and identifies areas where Indiana can improve its business climate. Uh, Kevin, a conversation you and I have uh, on a pretty regular basis uh, is how the, the, the job market has changed. It used to be people sort of move where the jobs are. Now they sort of you know go where they want. They figure where they want to live, and then eventually they they find the job that they're looking for. Was there anything in the twenty thirty five plan that has sort of addressed those quality of life type issues that that, that are so important for so many young people these days? Well, it is. In fact, one of the six pillars is making quality of place strategies a priority. Uh, we want to achieve top five uh, status nationally and lead the Midwest in population growth and stabilize population levels in Indiana cities and towns with 10,000 or less residents. And part of that uh, relates to infrastructure. Um, We are not going to rest until 100% of Indiana communities, schools, and businesses have access to reliable high-speed communications and connectivity, i.e. broadband. Um, The the General Assembly has made significant strategic investments uh, in broadband, and there is... um, what I would, for lack of a better word, huge sums of money uh, coming to the state from the federal infrastructure plan here in the next 10 years. And it's going to be important that we use that wisely because um, that will allow folks to to work from anywhere um, and allow them to be maybe get out of the crowded and expensive urban areas of the East Coast and the West Coast and even our our neighbor um, to the West, uh, you know, around Chicago, it's become an, uh, an untenably expensive to live and provide opportunities throughout the state of Indiana. So, yes, quality of place uh, is a critical priority, and uh, we supported and pushed and, and are pleased that the General Assembly uh, appropriated another round of uh, ready grants for quality of place at the local level 
uh, to the tune of $500 million. I want to say, I want to say also, Kevin, uh, you just focus on health and prosperous communities and citizens, and you also sort of cited the state's recent investment in, in public health and also substance abuse and mental health. Yes, indeed, and, and we've uh, got um, a whole array of programming going on in that area from the Chambers um, Wellness Council of Indiana, both tobacco cessation. Uh, we're doing mental health first aid training for. Um, HR directors and, and people in businesses, uh, and we've got the, the wellness certifications, just a whole array of, of programming. In fact, there's a free program program coming up um, here in the next couple of weeks. And so that is a strong emphasis of ours, as well as um, enhanced civic engagement. And uh, there are three different civics-related initiatives that the chamber is going to be participating in and, and rolling out um, here in the very near future as we try to have and promote a more civil discourse and more uh, voter participation, uh, et cetera, uh, that falls in the, uh, the category of civics. And also, my friend, I also want to say, too, uh, we also talk about uh, infrastructure and energy, which is obviously crucial uh, for, mm-hmm. for any business to succeed and do well. Yeah, and I mentioned the the emphasis on broadband, um, and we also want to invest in in planning and infrastructure to address uh, our water and wastewater needs on both a state and regional basis. Um, You may recall in 2014, we did a comprehensive uh, water study that led to a lot of uh, legislative activity in the following years. Uh, we're updating that study because um, we're seeing where growth and development is occurring, such as the, the Leap District um, in Boone County. And, you know, they're working through uh, with IEDC very thoughtfully um, how to plan for that. Uh, but there are other areas. So we want to reestablish what the inventory is and uh, what the needs are and then lay that out for the policymakers. Kevin Brandig of the State Chamber of Commerce with us on the program today. Talk about Indiana's uh, business claim, what's been going on as of late. Uh, Kevin, uh, you said uh, you folks had a successful uh, uh, session at the Indiana General Assembly this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned uh, the ability for tax deductions in small businesses. What was going on there? Well, um, in the federal tax relief plan of uh, 2017, um, there were a lot of rate reductions and, and tax relief on one side of the ledger. But there were also some, quote, pay-fors that raised revenue on the other side, one of which was to limit the amount of state and local taxes paid um, on federal tax returns to $10,000. That affects not only individuals but um, small business owners who pay their business tax liability on their individual income tax returns at both the federal and state level. Um, Senate Bill 2, which was the very first bill the governor signed, and I have the privilege of going to that bill signing back in February, um, essentially sets up a workaround where our small businesses, which is, you know, 95% plus of all the businesses in Indiana, um, can pay their um, state taxes at the federal level or excuse me, at the, at, the, at the entity level, as a business entity, and then that will allow them to take full deductibility rather than be capped at $10,000. And we've heard from businesses all over the state 
um, what a great tax relief that is. Um, and the estimates were, you know, as, as much as $150 million statewide in reduced federal taxes. And this was a win-win for the state because the businesses got tax relief, but it didn't cost the state uh, any revenue. It didn't affect the state's revenue stream. Um, so that was important. And then also the acceleration uh, that was in the budget bill of the reduction of the individual income tax rate not only benefits all us individuals, uh, but also provides uh, accelerated tax relief to businesses relative to what they would have paid at the higher level. So um, those two items alone were probably provide tax relief statewide of north of $200 million over the next couple of years. Okay, we got uh, just a couple minutes left here. I uh, want to give you guys a chance to talk about uh, your upcoming uh, Indiana uh, Business Employer Survey. Uh, folks talk about the, the state of business, Indiana, how things are going. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a preview? Yeah, uh, we've just finished, I can't remember, the 15th or 16th annual employer survey. It's an extensive survey of employers all over the state, uh, totaling about 1,000 uh, respondents. And I was looking at some of the numbers last night, and we'll be doing a uh, full-fledged press release. But one of the things that jumped out at me that I um, take a lot of pride and interest in is when uh, asked about uh, the right track, wrong direct, uh, track question for Indiana, which you typically see in other general uh, political polls, um, business leaders in Indiana are saying that, uh, 68% of them are saying that Indiana is on the right track. Um, and so that, I think, speaks to the accomplishments that we were able to work with the General Assembly to achieve this past session. Uh, it, it speaks to the, the business climate, uh, the great business climate we've been able to establish over the last 20 years and um, is represented in the uh, success that our good folks at the IEDC have had uh, in the past year and, and are already having uh, through uh, eight, almost eight months of this year. All right. Well, our guest on the program today has been uh, Kevin Brannigan, the State Chamber of Commerce. How about the Chamber's 2035 uh, Indiana Economic Plan, as well as some other issues? So, Kevin, my friend, as always, thank you very much for being with us. Have yourself a great final four or five months on the job. And we'll definitely uh, get you back in studio before you take off. And also, uh, even after you leave, you know you can't go anywhere because I still need to use you as a occasional commentator to provide perspective and analysis on Indiana government and politics. I'd be happy to do that. And it's always great to visit with you and your listeners. Take care, Abdul. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.